1: And the movies. Where can we get this incredible medicine? Over on the podcast Greased Lightning. It's on all your favorite podcatchers.
0: It will be the sweet ambrosia of the gods.
1: New episodes every other Monday. guy named Manuel, Alfred junior high, he said two words to me in three years of junior high.
0: Ruch ata aranai, elohenu, melekhao lum, asher, <laughs> b'mitzvotav bumitsvotav, fitsivanu, lahadlik <laughs> ne'er shell, panksy
1: Happy Hanukkah, Sam.
0: Happy Hanukkah, Luke, mm. and everyone else, hello and welcome back to another episode of Hanksy Panksy, a podcast where two dumb idiot best friends fill themselves mind, body, and soul with softly focused romantic video of cheap book salesman Tom Hanks. I'm Sam Siegel, and I'm one of those dumb idiots. And
1: I am Luke Patrick. I also dated General- Generalissimo Franco. Uh, I am the other idiot on this podcast. Hey, Sam.
0: Hey, Luke. Uh, this week we watched 1998's You've Got Mail.
1: Yes, we did. <laughs> Luke, how was is, how is your watch this week? Well... Sir, I feel like we should talk about (laughs) the stuff leading up to this, so I won't sketch in those details, but I will say that, um, you know, today's watch was a little sketch uh, just because I finished work literally about a minute, so the the order of operations was finish work last minute of said, you know, clocking out, rent movie, race into the living room, start movie, order DoorDash. (laughs) (laughs) and and then get up to receive DoorDash at some point keeping an eye on the movie Sam I'm dedicated to this project so I got DoorDash with one fucking eye glued to the TV Um, and then uh, at some point I swapped to my laptop I don't really remember but again like seamless transfer like pulled it up hit go on the laptop pause the TV immediate transfer Uh, yeah so just some weird some weird landing gear changes sort of as, as the plane came into the airport on this one. Uh, but how was your watch, Sam?
0: Yeah, I I would say it was, uh, similarly chaotic. Um, I very reluctant. Mm. I'll say that. And, and we could maybe get into that, but I, boy, I didn't want to do it. Mm. Um, it felt like we hadn't seen a hanks movie in quite some time we did keep pushing this record back day after day Mm -hmm. after day uh it is monday now we typically record on a friday night Mm -hmm. uh so (laughs) so that's not a great sign um i i uh did plan ahead on my dinner and so we ordered uh some Turkish food that did arrive just before I began the the film. So I did enjoy some nice falafel Mm. um, uh, while I was taking in the movie. And then about midway through, I took a dessert break to enjoy some rugelach that my wife and I had made. Nice. And uh, so got a belly full of rugelach and falafel, which I hope are getting along. (laughs) Uh (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> Only uh, time also, will tell for the metaphor yeah. and for
1: your stomach, my friend.
0: <laughs> exactly. <laughs> um, I'll also say, uh, I didn't want to watch this, and while I was watching it, uh, my my wife was doing some some holiday shopping for some friends of ours, and I gotta tell you, I was more uh, interested in what she was shopping for than I was in the movie. Mm. Uh, I did instinctively try to grab my phone in the middle of the movie as I got bored. Yeah, you got to fight those habits uh, down, man. I mean, I reached for it, and then I had to stop myself mid-reach. Mm-hmm. We we lit the menorah late, and then I got into the, the living room and realized I hadn't said the prayer, so I did shout the prayer at the <laughs> menorah. <laughs> That's one way to do it. <laughs> yeah, just just across the house... And I, I don't know. I, And then, you know, there's the second prayer that I know a lot less well, so I just sort of muddled through that one, again, screaming it across the house. Uh, and I don't know why I think, actually, that
1: the menorah needs to hear the prayer. Yeah, dude. This is a strange order of operations and execution. Yeah. <laughs>
0: I don't know. Maybe, maybe it's like a microphone to God. I don't know. <laughs>
1: <laughs> I mean, you just—you were so used to saying it in front of the menorah that when you yeah. we were suddenly presented with a situation in which you were not in front of the menorah, you just instinctually, like a, like an animal, just sort of did what you knew. And man, yeah, I, res- exactly. I respect the fuck out of you for sticking to your guns.
0: Yeah. So so that was kind of my watch. Um yeah so like, like I mentioned it feels like it's been a while since we watched a Tom Hanks movie mm-hmm. I don't know if that's actually true or not but god it feels like a while so you know normally we tweet at him to try to get him on the podcast and we are still trying to get him on the podcast so if you want to you know tweet at him with a hashtag come on Tom <laughs> or play with us Tom or play one along, of the Tom. many other hashtags we've used yeah play along Tom uh I think last week's was Help Us, Tom. In any case, try to get him on the podcast, but this week I th- I think we should talk about whether or not we missed him.
1: Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Very into this because it's honestly one of the only things I was really thinking about while consuming this movie again. Um, so, Sam, let's start with you. Did you miss Tom this week? <sighs> uh, it's a loaded question
0: because no. Like, I like I did find that. <laughs> During this time off, I guess, like as I kept push, we kept pushing the record back. I didn't find myself just being like, "Man, I really, I really would love to see Tom." I none of those feelings happened. Mm, Uh, You hate to hear it. I was kind of perfectly fine not watching Tom, Mm. uh, which maybe. Maybe it's not good.
1: Mm, I mean, uh, arguably, the more I think about it, it's pretty bad for a project where we are intending to watch every Tom Hanks movie ever made in chronological order. Uh, mm-hmm. It's kind of the only requirement, really. It's a
0: real problem, mm-hmm. uh, and and Tom and I are going to have to work that out. Yeah. I will say though, once he came on screen and I heard his dulcet tones as he narrated his own emails. I did. I did. You know, sort of feel a little more comforted. Mm. I guess,
1: like an old blanket that you found somewhere in the basement, and you know, you don't really want it. It's been in the basement with the Spider King. Uh, yeah, it's all. It's a little musty. Hmm. Hey, did
0: you say Spider King?
1: I did say the Spider King. Yeah. it's, hey, it's festive, Sam. <laughs> What's your what's your spider situation over there? (laughs) Pretty bad, (laughs) bordering (laughs) on dangerous.
0: Yeah, it sounds like it. Mm -hmm. Uh, so
1: Luke, did you miss Tom? So, as evidenced by the fact, here. Okay, you know what? Uh, let me back up for a second. So, okay. Yes, I actually missed Tom. Um, Huh. But I missed Tom Hanks. I didn't necessarily miss watching a movie, although I realized, Sam, that during the course mm-hmm. of this movie, Sam, I can fucking shoot back Tom Hanks films like shots at this point. It's just like two hours, whatever. Sh- fucking neck it. Like, I don't know so, why this has. Yeah, it's confusing.
0: Yeah. And, you know, I think that. Oh, shit. I hit my mic. Uh, I think there is something to that mm-hmm. because yesterday, my wife and I could not, could not think of anything to watch, mm-hmm. and in, in what really seemed to be sort of a a brinksmanship experience, we did end up putting on Paul Blart Mall
1: Cop one. <laughs> you pushed the red button, huh? So you decided <laughs> yeah. to watch Paul Blart Mall Cop. Here you are. Yeah,
0: we we locked eyes. We both put our keys in, in the, the launch <laughs> unlocker. and we kept staring each other down as we turned them, and then we hit the button at the same time mm-hmm. uh, dooming us all. And yeah, I couldn't finish it.
1: Yeah. Yeah, that was actually the ending of Stranger Things season two, by the way, that, you know they, they push the button, they do the key thing, and then Paul Blart Macarp cop just starts <laughs> playing where formerly the crack in the universe was. Uh, they cut that version, yeah. but I, I have it on good yeah. authority. Well, dude, it's it's
0: still compelling, and I so yesterday was a two movie day mm. because last night my wife, for reasons that frankly still evade me, put on some old uh, like two thousand three Disney Hanukkah basketball movie hmm. called like. Uh, fuck! I don't actually remember the name of it, but it stars Alex Linz, and it's not good. Uh, and was it
1: the Halle Globetrotters? Come no. back! Come back to me. I can do better. <laughs>
0: <laughs> I wish. I wish it was. Uh, it was uh, pretty bad. It it was a little uncomfortable because there was exactly one black character in the movie, mm. and. He was homeless Mm. and he was good at basketball and he did uh, coach a Jewish (laughs) boys basketball team to greatness in a a scene that culminate the the finale of the movie is they're in this tournament against some frankly vaguely anti-semitic other other white boys. Sure playing basketball yeah so so they're they're playing in the big basketball tournament it's the lions against the hitler youth or something Mm -hmm. and and the power goes out in philly and so the school has a backup generator that uh as their former coach who is now i guess their actual coach because the the black guy lamont um was trying out to be on the Philadelphia 76ers mm-hmm. and abandoned them at the 11th hour, uh, as well he should, frankly. And uh, their former coach did calculate that the generator for their school only had enough uh, fuel mm-hmm. to last for for like, uh, like one minute yeah. or something, and that the, the Hitler youth were going to win the basketball tournament uh, but the fuel in the generator did last <laughs> much longer than that. And the, the Jewish boys basketball team, the Lions, did win, particularly after Lamont comes back saying that he didn't want to play in the NBA and he would rather coach these yeah. awful, vaguely racist Jews.
1: Yeah. You know, that is exactly the story of Hanukkah as I remember it. Um, Pretty much. Yeah. So thank you, Disney, for rendering the true story and meaning of Hanukkah. Yeah, uh, writ large a, for all of us to see. Hey, you've you've talked about this movie that is not a Tom Hanks film for a distressing amount not. of time. Are you okay?
0: I'm very well. <laughs> I fell asleep watching it, and I think it has imprinted on me. <laughs> <laughs> a a not insignificant plot point of the movie was that the boys believed that uh, Lamont was embodied by the 2,000 year old ghost of Judah Maccabee, and I don't know what to make of that at all. Mm. But I would like to come back to tom's comforting breast
1: yeah a place where it's definitely not that confusing we're gonna have to talk about some things including tom kissing again uh but you know you don't have to deal with the the strange complications of this other film that you've brought Mm -hmm. into our podcast for some reason
0: yeah real so to be perfectly honest just kind of went into a fugue state on that one (laughs) like I kind of just blanked out and started talking about this shitty basketball movie my wife inflicted on me. Yeah,
1: Hey, man, you know, we all deal with the grieving process in our own way, uh, and I feel like you're grieving something, re- our relationship with Tom. Well, Sam, to pull us back out of this, do you want a fucking plot for this movie? Yeah, please. I mean, we can't just
0: run with the plot that I gave that is not the plot to so You've Got Mail, Mm-mm. but you're... Your plot breakdown is far better.
1: Yeah, so for those who have not seen You've Got Mail, um, I'm teetering on saying you should watch it, but I would caveat that with Ooh. if you don't like romantic comedies, you're not going to have a good time. And even if you do, this one's a little bit longer in the tooth, so you're going in yeah. for a, a long movie. It's not a punchy a punchy one, okay? So that's Mm-mm. that's my caveat. So with that in mind... Listeners, I don't know why I'm mad at you again, listeners. <laughs> um, but the plot for this movie bringing
0: some weird
1: energy tonight, folks. <laughs> yeah, I got tea and I'm ready to spill it. Um, so, basically, the plot of this movie is pretty classic rom com hits. So, uh, Tom Hanks and Meg Ryan are email pen pals, uh, email pals, I guess. Uh, There's a word for that, I'm sure. Anyway, they're sending uh, email back and forth. This is the 90s, so they're doing it through AOL. Hence, you've got mail. You've got mail. Um, You've got mail. You've got mail. And um, she runs a bookstore, like a little local indie bookstore for kids. And he runs a gigantic mega chain of bookstores called Fox's Books. Fox and Son's Books. And, uh, you know, through the course of the movie, he puts her out of business. They interact because of their competition they don't realize that they're uh the other's pin pal until tom does probably like three quarters the way through the movie and he stands her up when they were supposed to meet and she goes out of business he still knows that she's the pin pal he cultivates a relationship with her and she still doesn't know that he's the pin pal so that's something to talk about and then mm-hmm. ultimately after becoming her friend uh, he does set up another date to meet. He shows up in the park with his dog. They put their faces together in a very disconcerting way. And, uh, presumably they're together until the end of time. That's, uh, there's some, you know, like squabbles in there. You get your nice big fight when she goes out of business and he's, uh, you know, another business in the area, I guess. Mm-hmm. Um, Yeah, that's pretty much it. That wasn't three act structure, y'all. This one's—it's a rom com. I mean, it's got all the hits. Yeah. So Sam, what'd you think of this movie?
0: Didn't love it.
1: Mm. Now see, Luke, I tried. Yeah, I expected that. I tried. I
0: I put in a good faith effort, but god damn it, it just—it didn't work for me. Mm.
1: Now uh, tell me more about that. How does this movie make you feel? If I can put you on the Cheslong for a second and have you. uh, have you talk about yeah. what what didn't sit well with you in this movie?
0: Uh we can get into this a little bit more. Mm-hmm. But I think the central issue is that Tom and Meg throughout all of the movies that they've been in together have none chemistry.
1: Mm, yeah, none chemistry left beef so far.
0: Yes. And uh the emails suck. Mm. The early ones are just emails of, like, really shitty hot takes Mm. of, like, he's got that early one that's like, people like Starbucks because it helps them make decisions about their lives even though they can't decide anything. Mm -hmm. No decaf, half-calf macchiato, tall.
1: (laughs) Um, Hey, really quick. So, a central plot of this movie is that the big... Chain store is going to put the local store out of business. Sam, this movie is Bonanzas for product placement. Would you like my list of every single big brand that's represented in this movie? Fuck
0: yeah, I do. Okay,
1: so here's every brand we see in this movie. It is AOL, Starbucks, Nautica, IBM, Heineken, Crown, Loxetan, Apple, Intel, and Baby Gap, sir. In one. Oh, Luke, I'm
0: stroking myself to completion in all that capitalism.
1: <laughs> For a movie that's literally about how capitalism is destroying the character of the city of New York.
0: <laughs> yup. Uh, look, the movie's got a lot of really mixed messages, okay? Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, cause I don't know if it's too far to say, but hey, have you ever seen a more aggressively shitty assembly
1: of white people? Ever put to film. Uh, plus Dave Chappelle. I kind of forgot he was in this for some reason. Yeah. Dave Chappelle's yeah. in this fucking killing it. Doing a great job.
0: He did a great job and I hope he got paid well. Because boy oh boy. <laughs> Dave Chappelle having to play the token black guy. Mm-hmm. In this film with like just these like. Truly truly insufferable. Like just uppity yuppie white people. Bullshit people mm-hmm. who like I I won't lie I am a little just legitimately angry about so so there's that
1: mm-hmm. yeah so there sorry I was waiting for more <laughs> for something.
0: oh I mean um, look Luca I, I can fucking unload yeah no it's um, okay you
1: can you can save your load because you're not wrong like literally everybody in this movie is cantankerous to some degree or their problems are a very specific level of privileged problem that is so accurate down to the last yeah. letter and dotted I
0: or it's stuff like Greg Kinnear saying that technology will lead to the downfall of Western civilization, which feels uh, very racist.
1: <laughs> yeah. And also just, it's crazy to watch this now. Like I literally, at a certain point in this movie, uh, got up to use the restroom and texted you like, essentially sending an AOL instant messenger just, like, offhand. Like, mm-hmm. you know how far we've come <laughs> since this movie? Like, if they, if you were afraid of that, I got really, really bad news for you. And, you know, the main course of the bad news buffet, It's it rhymes with Buckerberg.
0: Yeah, yeah, it it was pretty funny to have him be like, "Ooh, email that's hell mm-hmm. on earth." And it's like, "Oh my god." Or Meg Ryan talking about how like big bookstores are real bad, and it's like, "Oh, Meg, have <laughs> you heard of a certain Jeff Bezos?" Yeah, a certain uh, Bezos. <laughs> and
1: like, I don't know, man, if this is what skigs you out, I mean, take 10 minutes. Let me tell you about deep fakes. Like <laughs> watching these clunky ass interfaces full disclosure i fully intended to watch this movie on whatever tech was available in 1998 i think mm-hmm. um, but it turns out that ThinkPad that i would love to have that uh tom hanks has uh really fucking expensive so that did not happen for this episode and i apologize mm,
0: you know i am disappointed by your lack of dedication but I'll i'll let it slide this one time mm, that's fair
1: it's funny to me that i could purchase a brand new thinkpad and have uh for the same price or considerably considerably less uh than the one that he used (laughs) in this movie off of ebay so you know maybe that's what they're talking about re-sliding out of civilization
0: um how hey how did you enjoy tom mansplaining the godfather to meg ryan hey
1: i have a question about this i'm gonna answer your question with the question which is okay what is with dudes in the godfather because i've seen that movie and like (laughs) it's fine it's yeah it's okay it's fine
0: (laughs) yeah like i i liked it the one time i watched it have i ever wanted to watch it again Mm no no
1: it's a movie full of people it's really hard to root for and i mean it's a good movie i'll give you that but i you know all that to say i don't know man you're asking the wrong dude
0: yeah you know it's it's always a bad sign when someone actually in real life uses the phrase go to the mattresses Mm -hmm. you you gotta steer clear of those people Mm -hmm. um Just like you got to steer clear of Steve Zahn, our second time with Steve Zahn, I should add, Mm. uh, where he does sound like he's uh, going to found the future Incel subreddit. Mm, Yeah, yep, 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 yep.
1: Now remind me again which character this is because I I don't remember him nor, yeah.
0: He's the dude in the bookstore who works okay. for the bookstore. I
1: thought so. I thought so. Yeah. He says that the internet is just another way to be rejected by women. But he kind of says it weird. Mm-hmm. He says like woman, like a like a kiwi. So. Yes.
0: Yeah. And, and he will one day uh, start the subreddit r slash incel. Mm-hmm. And uh, it, it's all downhill from there.
1: Yeah. Did you also think that when he plops down the newspaper and they're trying to explain why Tom Hanks stood her up uh for their virtual meetup date uh he pops down a newspaper that says that a serial killer was arrested did you also think the killer in the photo looked kind of a lot like him <laughs> yeah <laughs> i did I was, he was like this is why i was l- late yeah i half expected him to be like and that's that's not me in any way definitely not do, do you want to
0: talk about the scene in the grocery store where she's in the wrong line and then, like, the, the just garbage white person she is is like, well, can you just make
1: an exception? Hmm. Despite the hundreds, apparently, of people around her <laughs> who did bring cash and are prepared, like, nobody heard that and yeah. went, oh, shit, and, like, bolted out of the line.
0: Right. And then Tom comes up and he's like, "Well, I'm just gonna sort of sweet talk this lady in a really, really patronizing way mm-hmm. so that she so that she'll bend the rules for this one sack of shit. And it took me right out of the movie, both because of how odious it was and also because in in New York, if you did this, you would be murdered in that
1: line. <laughs> yeah, yeah, notoriously kind on people who don't follow directions or hold other people up (laughs) sort of city new york
0: yeah i mean look i don't live in new york but uh (laughs) but i'm pretty sure both the cashier and every member of that line and maybe nearby lines would stab her to death
1: hey we got a person holding up a line over here and then everyone just Ah, gabagool (laughs) (laughs)
0: this
1: is really all i can bring to this accent but yeah that's a good point my man uh, you know what you're you're revealing a part of this movie that i hadn't really considered which is is this a rom-com for boomers <laughs> oh shit it is <laughs> it's a boomer
0: rom-com because they're taught oh my god it is exactly a boomer rom-com because it's tom hanks railing about starbucks which frankly not even my boomer father did but his father mm. railed
1: against Starbucks, so hell yeah, this is a boomer rom-com. Yeah, and again, I got bad news for you about Starbucks, my man. This is the 90s. You ain't seen Starbucks yet. <laughs> yeah, this is quaint Starbucks. Mm-hmm. This is, there's still just a coffee shop. Like, uh, Anyway, so you know what? You're, you're bringing a new perspective to this that I hadn't really considered, but uh, you know what? I will say this movie's fine. It's fine. It's a it's a fine rom com. It's a classic. Um, there are some pieces of this movie that I did enjoy. If you'd like to hear about those,
0: yeah, I I would love it if you could sell me on this.
1: Yeah. So, you know, the journey here isn't as quaint as I remembered it being. There's definitely some sticky wickets. Uh, once again, they don't know each other until like halfway through the goddamn movie, um, and mm-hmm. then. One of the people involved withholds that information for most of the rest of the movie, so that's... Yeah, not not good, not good. Yeah, that's something. But, you know, the idea of a pen pal relationship and being able to vent sort of your frustrations and your longings into a box that you've just labeled romantic, like, that's still quite nice. I enjoyed that. I enjoyed... Sure. Uh, ...the small little bookshop. I liked the kid scenes. Those were nice, you know.
0: Okay, yeah so meg ryan great with kids Mm -hmm.
1: oh yeah tom too for that matter
0: yeah they both were really charming with those children yeah uh and i i did absolutely enjoy that part of the movie
1: yeah it's pretty solid anytime we get to see tom being a dad it's clear he's a pretty great dad outside of the burbs in which he screams at his child (laughs) and then
0: (laughs) and then let's let's his wife uh Kill
1: it. Yeah, uh, abandon it in the woods, uh, as far as we know. Uh, although our friend Joe yeah. had some other information on that. Um, but anyway, you know, there's some good parts. I liked their breakup scene. So uh, Meg Ryan and What's-His-Face's uh, breakup scene. Um, oh, Greg Kinnear? Yeah, Greg Kinnear. Uh, I was trying to remember the character's name, and I don't know why I was doing that. I never do. Frank? Yeah, that sounds right. I think it's Frank. Yeah. But they have, they have a really nice breakup scene where they just openly admit, hey, I'm not in love with you. Oh, I'm not in love with you either. And then they kind of immediately yeah. fall into this friendly zone. And uh, that's quite nice. Um, yeah, I thought that was great. But, Sam, I have a new mini bit for you. Oh, okay. Which is Keyboard Alert with Luke Patrick. Uh, Ooh, okay. Because, as you know, I'm a fucking beast for keyboards. and uh, Oh, yeah. I got to tell you, that one in that ThinkPad, that keyboard on the ThinkPad looked uh, pretty good, Sam. Oh, did you like it when Tom
0: hammered the backspace key like a madman Mm. instead of highlighting (laughs) the text and just hitting delete? One time. Mm.
1: You know, you're, you're joking, but I genuinely did, because fuck, <laughs> that's a chunky keyboard. and
0: uh, <laughs> God, the so maybe we should take a minute to talk about the just good chunky clickety-clacks in this film.
1: Mm, maybe that's the reason Is, to watch it. If you like clickety-clack and you can't afford oh, one of these yeah. things off of eBay, because who the fuck can, apparently, um, this will do you.
0: If, look listeners uh if the sound of clickety clack keyboards fills your nether regions with juice <laughs> peep this flick because it is non-stop wall-to-wall taint-to-tip thrills
1: mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. yeah both of these we got an old school mac we got this ibm thinkpad my dude it's just Thank you for playing in this space with me, the space of uh, Keyboard <laughs> Alert with Luke Patrick, a extremely narrow-casted version of our podcast where I just talk to people about IBM uh, keyboards. Hey, I will
0: continue to play in this space because it means that I don't have to talk about Greg Kinnear saying the phrase Jeffersonian purity, mm. and I hate it, and I'm angry at him for saying it.
1: Yeah, I mean, he's got a real hipster vibe in a way that's pretty hard to deal with hey do you want to go into some some rapid fire thoughts here i would love it okay hit me okay at one point
0: tom's grandpa uh is reading a newspaper that did look like it had a picture of hitler in it
1: (laughs) they just never gave him a new one sam (laughs) yeah i think he's he's been reading the same one since 42 oh it's gonna be 50 degrees again today boys look at that every day (laughs) Uh yeah so so what do you have okay so for what I believe is the second time Tom Hanks walks out of Liz Lemon's fucking apartment building in New York, which is something something five something Riverside Drive. Did you see this? Uh I so I know his actual address
0: was one five two something something something. Yeah. Uh because the one five two was his uh screen name. Hmm. Okay.
1: Uh, yeah. I got you. Well. I'm pretty sure this is the same exact apartment building that Liz Lemon lives in in Thirty Rock, and is also the same building that he walked out of in uh, Bonfire of the Vanities. So, huh. uh, you know, maybe it's a popular, uh, scouted, popularly scouted location. But uh, I did enjoy that, and I was trying to concoct like a Thirty Rock crossover on this, and honestly, I got fucking nothing, my friend. I got nothing.
0: Well, I mean, as we all know, New York City only has one apartment building in it.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah,
0: they just all live in that one.
1: And it's hella bougie, like... <laughs> yes. Ooh. It's
0: extremely nice. Everyone in New York City lives in a wonderful, large, palatial apartment in the same building.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, that's that's one that I got. What's uh, What else is on your plate?
0: Uh, okay. So, in this movie meg ryan talks a lot about how great handkerchiefs are and i just want to take this opportunity to say handkerchiefs are not cool they're not good and we should not use them
1: Mm, yeah you know i did think about that as she took this handkerchief that she'd recently given to a snotty child and then held it for a whole long time yeah
0: yeah because she did say it's it's a tissue you don't throw away and meg that's the whole argument why we shouldn't have them
1: and this from a uh, a son of a son of a handkerchief salesman i know <laughs> i love that play
0: <laughs>
1: yeah strong words strong words from a family from a f- company man over here uh but i, I would yeah. agree with you uh, hey, this dude had a normal ass TV interview. Did you also think that Greg Kinnear?
0: Mm, you mean the one where uh, both he and the interviewer are hitting on each other and also possibly vigorously rubbing themselves just <laughs> just below the
1: camera? <laughs> okay, so you didn't think they had a normal ass TV interview?
0: Uh, not exactly. Hey, okay. Let me let me answer your question with a question. Mm-hmm. Uh, do most uh tv interviews that you watch involve
1: both of them trying to actively fuck each other with their faces <laughs> maybe 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 i'm just skewed i've watched too many harrison ford interviews and uh, honestly there's only <laughs> one way to do a harrison ford interview um deeply sexually yeah yeah <laughs> So um, I gotta watch more <laughs> Harrison Ford interviews. Yeah, put put those on the uh, on the watch list on YouTube. But uh, okay, you know what? Comment <laughs> received. I will back off on that point. Not a uh, extremely horny hill. I'm ready to die on for sure. So hit me with another. <laughs>
0: um, what would you do if a crying woman recommended a book to you? <laughs>
1: <laughs> <laughs> um. You know, it's a really great question, and one that philosophers (laughs) have talked about for centuries. Um, I'm pretty sure I'd read the fucking book, my dude. (laughs) I don't think you have a choice. No, there's only one good response to that. Yeah, it's a yes and. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Um, So, uh, hey, New York is a huge city. How do they keep (laughs) running into each other? I have a theory on this. Oh, okay. I, th- I
0: think they live like a block away from each other. Mm. That's it's literally the only explanation. Yeah. Because they they go to the same grocery store. They go to the same. Was it farmer's market mm-hmm. and the same flower shop and the same coffee shop. And look, it's Starbucks. I know it's 98, but they still probably had like 400 yeah. S- Starbuckses. Yeah. Starbucks. I. Yeah. Starbucks.
1: I believe it's Starbucks.
0: Ah, I'm sorry. Starbucks uh, in New York City. So they have to live like a block
1: away from each other. Yeah. That's the only way it makes sense. Because, again, it's a huge fucking city. And then they just mm-hmm. keep bumping into each other. Even before the romantic intent is there, they're constantly like hiding from each other. Which right. blows my goddamn mind. I don't live in a city even a fraction the size of New York. And I struggle to recognize anybody. When I'm running around. Yeah.
0: Same here. Mm-hmm. So, okay. So I've got just sort of a revelation that I had, and then I've got a question for you. Okay.
1: I'm prepared for both. Okay. Wait, hang on. So. Okay, now I'm ready. Okay. uh,
0: <laughs> So you know when Tom shows up to her apartment when she's sick? Mm-hmm. And she, there's that rectangular box on the inside of her apartment door? Yeah, go on. And she... She pulls down on the thing and looks through the peephole. Mm-hmm. Okay, so Luke, I am almost thirty years old, and my grandparents, who lived on Long Island, had one of those boxes. <laughs> okay. Today's the day I found out what that box
1: did. <laughs> <laughs> so, for going on close to thirty years, we'll say twenty, mm-hmm. just to be safe. You you saw the box, right? Yes. And it's on a door Mm -hmm. and it just never, it never, it never clicked that one, huh? So I never saw anyone use it Mm. and I never
0: gave it that much thought. I was like, I don't know why the mystery box is on the door, (laughs) but but it lives there and no one touches it and no one talks to it and everyone just lets it live its life. So the mystery box is some sort of permanent roommate of, of Nanny and Papo, And
1: I'm just I'm just gonna let that happen. What if it had done something else? Like when you pull down on the lever, like a floorboard pops up and some eldritch horror just pops out. Like we don't know for oh. sure that your grandparents had the same kind of box, Sam i mean it's entirely possible and and if something else had happened i think i'd probably
0: just have, i don't know shit blood i don't know
1: <laughs> fair enough um well i've only got one more thought for you sir and it's a pretty punchy one okay um yeah this came out the same time ish as toy story correct uh
0: thereabouts let me check for you all right let's check the records. Uh, Three years after the the original Toy Story. Holy, OG Toy Story. Holy
1: shit, dude. Because you saw the computers they had. My point is that mm-hmm. this is three years after Toy Story. There's some opening 3D graphics that I swear to <laughs> God came from fucking Food Fight. Like, <laughs> they're so bad. Hey,
0: you know, uh, so the the only thing I could think as we were doing that really shitty, shitty fly through of New York mm-hmm. uh a digital new york is can you imagine what these people would do if you traveled back in time and you th- while they were like working on that mm-hmm. and then you showed them microsoft flight simulator 2020
1: <laughs> dude you don't even have to do that i could take them fucking ice age uh, a movie <laughs> i saw <laughs> as a child and it well, would blow sure. their goddamn minds
0: yeah, but I'm I'm trying to go more on the order mm. of if you showed George Washington a fucking Gatling laser,
1: <laughs> so. sure, sure, I understand. Yeah, they'd shit themselves. That's for sure, and oh, or yeah. just chuck their uh, their computers out of a window because <laughs> Jesus Christ, man. I mean, it's potato graphics.
0: Oh, it's so so bad. Mm-hmm. Uh, God. Hey, okay, so. This is, I think, the last of the Tom Hanks, Meg Ryan movies, right? I am
1: reasonably sure, yeah.
0: Have they ever made a good couple?
1: Hmm. That's a toughie, because I think this movie presented the best possible case for them as a couple. They just, they seem like friends, I think is my answer. They're very good friends, and not good lovers yeah like the most feel goody part of this movie I think is when they're developing a friendship to me which is a great segment of this movie that's got some real pace to it uh, unlike some other sections and I don't know man I was way more comfortable with that I think that's why the kiss feels so weird at the end of this
0: yeah, I think it's that and also the, like, genuinely grody aspect of, like, he's kind of playing both sides mm-hmm. on this, where he's, like, secretly someone else uh, and, like, still him and, like, using both of those to help himself out. Sure. It just feels kind of grody. But I also think the big issue is none of these movies have ever given them an opportunity to be, to be together as a couple.
1: Yeah, true. I mean, this is our second movie where, again up until the very end meg ryan does not know who this mystery person is uh so we're really missing a lot of the romantic beats where there's no like huge romantic gestures because she just doesn't know like he brings her flowers when she's sick uh and then puts his fingers on her lips (laughs) oh
0: oh i hated it i hated that so much
1: like a normal person, um, yeah. I think the answer is probably no. I think they're great. They're great friends. They should be in the friend zone. Is that a thing? Can we reclaim friend zone? I mean, we can try, mm. but I I don't know that we'll be successful. True, true. But what do you What are you thinking? What are you thinking? Because it sounds like a no from you too.
0: I I think they're very good friends. Mm. Uh, but but they ain't kissing cousins. Yeah,
1: extremely true.
0: Yeah. So uh you know 2021 maybe Tom Hanks Meg Ryan come out with a movie where they're just really good friends mm, you've got bitcoin maybe yeah you've got bitcoin <laughs> there you go <laughs>
1: they just trade bitcoin back and forth between uh you know you it's, can leave some little hash notes on the bitcoin blockchain maybe they're just communicating
0: now i know we normally have a segment for this but i want to play in this space a little more i think it's it's that but also maybe them working together to build the fattest rig that can mine the most bitcoin but they're in a really hot room because boy it's burning up those gpus
1: something fierce Mm -hmm. i love this because i so you're pitching an au uh where essentially they did not get together but were instead just friends and then at some point became gigantic hold on for dear life bitcoiners (laughs)
0: Um, and decided
1: to become mega miners and convinced all their friends to chip (laughs) in so they could mine some fucking coins.
0: (laughs) Yeah, they're just in an abandoned warehouse uh, for some reason. I don't actually know why they're in a warehouse, but they are. And it's really hot because there's so, so many GPUs running. (laughs) And... (laughs) And we're getting to the limit of what I understand about Bitcoin mining. Yeah. But
1: uh, a lot of a lot of beefy rigs mining Bitcoin. Yeah, I mean that's pretty accurate. And to be fair, it's the most that they know about Bitcoin mining too. They're just <laughs> they're so into it. They've seen a bunch of James McAvoy posts. They're sort of QAnani, like it's gotten a little weird. Oh,
0: um. oh no. <laughs> I, don't, I don't want that energy.
1: 2021, it's a weird-ass reboot of You've Got Mail. It's You've Got Bitcoin. <laughs>
0: cha-ching. <laughs> I assume every time you get a Bitcoin, your computer goes cha-ching. Yeah, I mean, it's Does
1: that... it spits out a Bitcoin out of the CD drive. I, I assumed everybody knew this.
0: <laughs> okay, good. Well, Luke, uh, if you don't have anything else, I got all this money that I made selling cheap books. <laughs> uh... <laughs> Uh, and I need to go deposit it at the Hanks Bank. Nice. <laughs> Fuck. Destroy local industry. <laughs> <laughs> okay, let's go. Luke, I need you to privately communicate with your competitor via an alter ego. It's time to come with me to the Conspiracy
1: core. Ooh, nice. Well, hang on. Let me. Uh... Okay, I'm good.
0: Okay, Luke, now you know you can't bring those clicking and clacking over here now because we got some people who are turgid.
1: Yeah, I mean, I'm glad that so many of our listeners also share my keyboard kink, uh, but that's going to have to be a separate podcast. For right now, I'm just in the conspiracy corner and loving every second of it.
0: Yeah, that's that's Hanksy Panksy after hours after hours. Mm-hmm,
1: that's when the lights are off and we've been kicked out of the building, but I'm still here, motherfuckers. <laughs>
0: clacking away Mm -hmm. anyway so luke Mm -hmm. uh in in this movie tom hanks plays joe fox uh the son of a son of a bookstore chain creator yeah hey really Uh,
1: really really quickly can we talk uh about how fucked up his family situation is
0: oh you mean the fact that his dad wants his sloppy seconds
1: well that and then also the fact that his the two kids that he's with in the bookstore one is his uh, brother and the other is his aunt and they're both like 3 to 6
0: hey that was not a joke
1: yeah yeah that's what I'm saying I,
0: oh <laughs> cause I legit thought that was a joke in the movie that Tom was playing a joke on Meg Ryan and saying like no he's my brother she's my aunt but no?
1: no no that is legit the the little 6 year old oh. girl is indeed his aunt
0: well Luke, what we saw today was the original failed pilot of Modern Family.
1: (laughs) This is the conspiracy?
0: Well, it is now, I guess. (laughs) This kind of has no bearing on the other shit I was going to talk about, but now that I know that that wasn't just some sort of goof that Tom was playing within the movie, Mm -mm. yeah, I I think they were trying to pitch a, a precursor to Modern Family, but... But that's not actually what I I uh, grabbed you here for today. Yeah,
1: okay. Well, hit me hit me with the prepared texts for today.
0: So, in this movie, Tom Hanks' Joe Fox uh is is trying to get close to Meg Ryan. Mhm. And I think there's an ulterior motive for that. And that is because her boyfriend throughout most of the film is Greg Kinnear's Frank something or other. Mhm. And well researched. he is a well-known author, or writer, who has heavily studied the Rosenbergs.
1: Mm. Oh my god, this is some juicy yes. shit.
0: <laughs> yeah, well-known spies who were convicted of espionage against the United States. And who else has committed espionage against the United States? Well, oh, that's right. It's Thomas Hanks. Yeah, it'd be our old boy Tom Hanks on that one. And now this movie takes place in New York. Where, where did Tom Hanks do the secret missile testing for Mossad that we've seen previously? Pretty sure it's oh, Pennsylvania, right? No, it was, it was New York State, my dude. Oh, okay. <laughs> yep. Yeah. So this is. This is Tom Hanks well after uh, those tests trying to get close to Greg Kinnear to stop the story that he's working on that will uh, uh, unmask Tom Hanks as an Israeli spy working (laughs) against the United States.
1: So we got a Tom Hanks on assignment from Mossad this time. We haven't seen this version of Hanks in a minute. It's it's
0: been a minute. I think I think it's sort of an alignment of interests. Mm. Massad does not want the American public to know that it's been spying on them for decades, mm-hmm. and Tom Hanks needs to keep undercover. Yeah,
1: hundred percent. And
0: so, so he can't go straight to Greg. That's too conspicuous. Yeah. So he'll go to Meg, and he knows that if he gets Meg out of Greg's life and directs him towards television, because. He planted that interviewer who was trying to fuck Greg Kinnear on air.
1: Yeah, as we to all distract
0: saw. Greg Kinnear from his writing uh, uh, career. Mm. He also he also plied Greg Kinnear with another typewriter after, and this is just my theory. Greg Kinnear gummed up his old typewriter with his own cum because he <laughs> seems like he fucked those typewriters. <laughs>
1: Hey, again, different podcast for the enthusiasts. Different podcast, <laughs> <laughs>
0: but uh, but yes. Yeah, so he plies him with this this typewriter, and then he plies him with a TV appearance, and then Greg Kinnear's like, "Ooh, I could be on TV. I don't need to research Israeli spies in the United States." And boom, there it is. Tom Hanks wins.
1: Mm, I got you. So, what, but what you are positing here is that Tom Hanks, as a spy, has gone for the ultra subtle route and has laid out a honeypot to yes. ensnare him through seduction, a, a feat he knew he could not do himself, but he could orchestrate like a puppet master. It's sort
0: of a double honeypot. Mm, yeah. Because he is, he is honeypotting Greg Kinnear through the TV while also removing the old honeypot, mm. which was Meg Ryan.
1: Yeah. Yeah. So you're saying that the, the romance here, this is all a byproduct. This is not at all the intended effect, hence the fucking emailing. Like, that's Precisely. such a good way to go about that. Exactly. Mm, that is some... These are some juicy nuggets you're slinging today, sir. This kitchen is fucking hot. Ooh, I,
0: look, I'm sweating in here. Uh, <laughs> but but the, the product's coming out good. We got a beef wellington in the oven, and, oh, timer's off, and here's the next bit. Mm. Tom Hanks is is controlling this chain of very successful bookstores in an attempt to amass wealth and influence in the United States so he can continue his endeavors. And I think that this may connect to the map that he had in none other than Sleepless in Seattle. He's planning out different locations for his very successful bookstore.
1: Mm. So you're saying the bookstore, as shown by the map in Sleepless in Seattle, because he had many, many maps, uh, mm-hmm. the other Meg Ryan vehicle, um, you're suggesting that this this bookstore is a front for something, some kind of nefarious plot. Yes. So he's amassing wealth, he's uh, establishing real estate and locations across this great land of ours. Damn, dude. Exactly, yes.
0: It, it's it's uh, It's almost a splinter cell mm-hmm. kind of. situation he's he's seeding this across the country and something will come of it and we do know there is sort of a a playbook here because we have none other than than jeff Bezos himself to look toward Mm. to see that you can have a bookstore and amass a lot of wealth and a lot of
1: fucking influence uh and and uh, it's there Hey, you're blowing my mind right now because as we all know, mm-hmm. Jeff Bezos did start from uh, everyone's favorite bookstore Amazon for sure. Mm-hmm. Holy yeah. shit, dude. And we're in like a see he's on the internet. He's already thinking about the internet. Yes, 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 yes. He's he's mere inches inches away from launching oh, a yeah. uh, you know, an Amazon. tantalizingly close. Holy shit, dude. mm mm-hmm. Mhm. Oh,
0: it's there and it's it's coming luke Mm.
1: now i have to ask as always any any ideas what the end goal is here as established this is some kind of machination either uh, lizard people focused or possibly sponsored by atar this world ending plot brought to you by atar
0: (laughs) always the freshest Mm -hmm. uh most tastiest world ending plots brought to you by atar and sons Mm -hmm. um so i don't think we know yet Mm. i you know it's entirely possible that he's trying to get a specific product in the hands of of the american people um and you know again with the the sort of blueprint of amazon globally Mm -hmm. uh so so to get something in the hands of of every human on this planet to uh you know uh, broadcast certain messages via books or or you know online communication of some variety I, there's something there i just i've not
1: seen it yet yeah the, but what you're saying is that this is a man who wants vans and lots of them in the future mm-hmm. okay oh yeah yeah yeah, yeah. I, i'm following this makes a shitload of sense my friend what, what, luke
0: i gotta tell you if this is making a lot of sense to you that does not speak to your <laughs> own <laughs> mental health
1: Hey man, you shoot back enough Tom Hanks films, eventually your brain turns into something resembling a brain, uh, but is also full of Forrest Gump trivia, so I don't know what to tell you.
0: <laughs> I, you know, it, it's not been good for us, mm-hmm. uh, but but that's all I've got for you today in the Conspiracy corner. but I do want to bring up one other detail from this film. Okay, yeah, hit me. And that's that at one point Tom Hanks I do believe calls himself Mr. Nasty and I just want to live in that space for a minute.
1: Oh, it's so good. Mr. Nasty. I just want to work this Mr. into the rotation. Mr. Nasty. Like did you miss Mr. Nasty? <laughs>
0: Mr. Nasty, and I think you know we've talked a bit about how we're concerned that Tom is not giving Rita Wilson what she really needs, and I think Tom calling himself Mr. Nasty should assuage those concerns. Oh
1: yeah, I think she's she's a satisfied customer if he's bringing some of that Mr. (laughs) Nasty energy into the old boudoir. Yeah, (laughs) Mr. Nasty.
0: Wait, Mm -hmm. what if he can only do that via like email?
1: hmm so you're you're saying that maybe their real life relationship the way that he communicates sexually (laughs) he
0: had he has to cyber with rita
1: wilson (laughs) it would explain some of the sexlessness that we've seen in his films and in his performances
0: yeah in person he's he's sort of fumbling he he tries to touch your boobs in a really weird way (laughs) he can't kiss right but you put that man behind a, a screen and a chunky fucking keyboard mm-hmm. and boy, oh boy, will he cyber your nether regions to
1: smithereens. <laughs> I think this means that Tom probably won't be on this podcast, but he will be on Hanksy Panksy After Dark After Hours. <laughs> uh,
0: <laughs> Clacking away. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, so, so that's something. But let's look forward yes. to next week. Uh, where we will be watching 1999's Toy Story 2.
1: Oh, dude. I am so fucking pumped to be back in the Toyverse on this one.
0: Oh, I am so ready for the Toyverse. Um, so, have you seen Toy Story 2? I have seen Toy Story 2. Many, many times, in fact. Okay. I, I know I have seen Toy Story 2. Mm-hmm. I remember nothing from it except a single detail okay which is that in this one there's a girl woody and that's it Mm.
1: well you have some of the details do you do you want to try to guess based on that and the title (laughs) toy story 2 (laughs) um, what the rest of the movie is about
0: yeah yeah i will i'll i'll give it a i'll give it a chance Mm -hmm. so okay there's a girl woody now Mm -hmm. i do also remember a horse Mm, yeah and i i want to say because it's a kids movie so it's not going to get it's not going to get ribbled Mm -hmm. so it's not like there's sexual tension between
1: woody and girl woody although toy story one was way hornier than i remembered it being so
0: (laughs) it it was a horny flick um so maybe there is some sexual tension but i think I think they're going to kind of go back to the drawing board and it's going to be Woody is threatened because there's a new Woody in town and she's a lot cooler and she has a horse. Mm,
1: nice. Okay.
0: And, and maybe Buzz is threatened too. Yeah. Cause he doesn't have a horse. He just has those shitty wings that don't work.
1: Yeah. 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 Yeah.
0: Okay. I'm tracking.
1: And I think that's the film. I got you. <laughs> so. <laughs> Really sort of a skeleton and then uh, a lot of improv, so you're suggesting this is like a Curb Your Enthusiasm sort of improv movie uh, that yeah. we're going to do.
0: Now, it is in a digital format, so I do think it's possible that Mr. Nasty comes out. <laughs> I,
1: ho- I hope. Man, I'm expecting a fertile fucking ground for our Enter the Toyverse segment where we do explore the intricacies of what it is like to be a toy. Given that we now have a, a romantic interest in the movie and uh, some fun new dynamics, I think it's going to be a real slam dunk on that front. Oh, yeah. I I, I think it could
0: be very interesting. Mm-hmm. Uh, we're, we're really going to figure out all the laws in this toy verse. Yeah, big but time. But until then, folks, uh, you can catch us on uh, Facebook, uh, at Hanksy Panksy Podcast. You can find us on Instagram at Hanksy Panksy Pod. You can find us on Twitter at Hanksy Panksy. And you can drop us an email at HanksyPanksypod at gmail uh, you know, drop us a line, let us know what you think about Mr. Nasty himself. <laughs> and <laughs> uh, maybe maybe tweet at him. I I don't necessarily know that you should tweet Tweet at him using <laughs> Mr. Nasty. but
1: I, on the other look, hand, can heartily recommend that you just tweet, what's up, Mr. Nasty, at Tom Hanks <laughs> as often Actually, as possible. Actually,
0: fuck it. Yeah, tweet at Tom Hanks. Ask him how Mr. Nasty's doing. <laughs> um, and, uh, and, and also, please uh, share the podcast with a friend. You know, we don't really advertise this out of just sort of a general laziness and cheapness. So, <sighs> uh, you know, telling someone about it is really going to help us out. And, and it's also going to help us get Mr. Nasty on the podcast and so he can click-clack away and get us all hard and wet. Mm-hmm. So, uh, with that, Luke, do you have a final quote for us?
1: I do. This final quote was said by a disparaging bookstore employee, and it is, I'm going to have to move to Brooklyn.
0: <laughs> no one wants to be there. And uh, yeah, so, so we'll be back next week with 1999's Toy Story 2 and uh you know until then if you want to watch a movie about someone's <laughs> budding sexuality like tom's budding sexuality here is mr nasty why don't you check out yes god yes god. a fantastic film it's 75 minutes long god, and boy yeah. it's great it's got natalia dyer and timothy simmons and it's oh. it's non-stop fun oh. it's great and you know even if you don't enjoy it it's 75 minutes what are you gonna do you got so much time left in your day so check out yes god yes i heartily recommend jesus
1: it christ sam (laughs) fuck it (laughs) fuck it in the podcast